God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you today. Lord God, Heavenly Father, open our hearts to your word today, that we may be truly blessed to be your servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's a lot of things going on today, a lot of things happening this past week, and also who we are. So I'm going to do a little word association. When I say a word or a phrase, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? What comes to your mind when I say something? And uh, see what, what you associate it with. Kind of a little word game. First thing, Labor Day. Holiday. Okay, good. Some people call it the end of summer, but that's not what it's for. It wasn't really originated for that, but a lot of us think about it. Oh no, it's coming to the end of summer. Or maybe it's school. School starts, or has started. But Labor Day was a national holiday that goes way back in history for quite an interesting phenomena. It was a social and economic achievement of workers. And it was celebrating the well-being of our country because of jobs and vocations like we all have, whether we're at home or at work or where we're at or at school. We're all part of labor and the labor force. Actually, the first it was made official by the government and way back in 1894, in New York, was where I first started celebrating it with parades and picnics. And then other states began to adapt it, and then the government made it official in 1894. But think about this for a moment. Way back in 1830, the average work week was 70 hours. 70 hours. Ooh, that's a lot of work, isn't it? Well, interestingly enough, less hours were decided on by labor unions and different people and political people because if we gave a couple of days off, people would have some money to spend. So they're making all this money, but they didn't spend it because they were working all the time. So if you got a couple of days off, you might travel, you might go out and eat at the restaurant, you might spend some more money. So the economy was helped by shortening the, the work week. And eventually it came to 40 hours or less or whatever we work. But that's Labor Day, which we celebrate as Christians because we're thankful for the jobs and we're thankful for all the work that you've had over the years and what you've done in making the country what it is. Okay, another word. What comes to mind when I say Harvey? That's a new name, right? Nobody's here named Harvey, right? Have you been down to Aloha and seen Harvey the Big Rabbit on TV Highway? Came on that movie in the 1950s. Harvey the Big Rabbit. Well, Harvey has been total devastation for us back in, especially down in the southeast. It's one of the worst storms on record, they say. But it's interesting. Harvey has also brought together people and created community. And in that whole area where the flooding and everything is in the storm, we have over 160 Missouri Senate congregations. The last count I saw, and I don't have the latest, was 105 homes from our members, fellow members down there, have water in them. 30 or more have been evacuated from their homes. Five pastors of our synod had their houses flooded, and three parochial school teachers. But the churches are responding and moving forward to help people. And you probably heard that President Trump has asked that this be a Sunday of prayer, of National Day of Prayer, 
for the people in Texas and the God's blessings for them. Now in your worship folder, if you'll turn to the very last page on the inside, we've got a page there of our Lutheran Church for Harvey Relief. And there it tells you at least 161 congregations are in the area affected. And there's a way to give. You can choose to give online, by text, over the phone, or by mail. It's all there for you to help the victims if you haven't already done so, or if you want to use Samaritan's Purse, Red Cross, or other agencies that are out there to help. There's a lot of them out there to make sure they're doing and using their money properly. There's a prayer right there. And since our president has asked that we pray for the people in the National Day of Prayer, join me in that prayer. Will you pray that prayer there on the page? Let's pray together. Lord of heaven and earth, we know that you hold all things in your hands. In your mercy, provide for the needs of those who have been affected by Hurricane Harvey and the rain that continues to fall. Work through those who bring relief and aid and protect all from any further harm. Draw all to the cross of Christ, who is our salvation, now and always. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now a new name, Irma. What comes to mind when you think of Irma? Oh no. Are we going to have another storm? Maybe. We're not sure yet. Another word. What happens when I say school? For parents, they say yay. For teachers, hey, back to work. For children. We've got any school children here right now? We don't have any school children, do we? Any teachers here? Any educator leaders or people in education? Well, school. We have a preschool, parochial preschool, uh, starts this week. We're thankful for that. We have universities and colleges in, uh, in our own church system. We emphasize Christian education and, of course, Sunday school, which starts up in, in full swing next Sunday. Okay, another phrase. What comes to mind when I say, take up your cross? Have you done that today? Lately, have you been doing it this week? Have you taken up the cross? What does it mean to you when you hear take up your cross? On the front cover of the bulletin, it says, if anyone come after me, it's coming out of the gospel lesson, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, does this mean you should be ready to be crucified on the cross with nails driven through your arms, hands, and through your feet? No, that's not what it means. Jesus went to the cross to die to pay for our sins, and he did that. You don't have to pay for sins of anybody. It's all been paid for. To take up your cross means to go and serve Jesus Christ by being willing to reach out and serve others. As Jesus served us by saving us from our sins, we are to live a new life. The old normal way of life has been crucified and there is a new normal. And so we then are called to be ready to share the burden. You see, your life and my life is to be shaped by the cross. We are the presence of Christ in this world. We have a cross on our church up here. Most Lutheran churches have a cross up on the steeple. That's to remind us when we come to church and remind the community that we are people of the cross. That we're willing to carry the cross and reaching out and serving other people with the good news of Jesus Christ. 
We are to let Jesus shine through us. Not just to wear a cross around on our necks or jewelry or so forth. There's more to it. It's serving in the name of Jesus Christ. So Paul makes it pretty clear in Romans, the epistle lesson, which Marcus read a few moments ago. Turn to page 7 for a minute, and let's just look at the first paragraph. The The whole epistle is about what it means to pick up your cross. But let's look at the first paragraph on page 7. Paul lays it out for us, but I'd like you just to concentrate for a moment. Let's read the first paragraph together there on the epistle lesson. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. There you are. Pick up your cross, follow that, and go on and finish out the rest of the epistle lesson too. But just think, that's what it means to take up your cross in today's world. Now, being a Christian is not easy. It's not easy being a Christian out there in the world. We live in a confused time. But we are called to be Christians, people who carry the cross. We live in this time because God has established us to be here for a reason, for a purpose. And that purpose is pick up your cross, follow Jesus, take him into the world. We know we say this over and over every Sunday, but here we go. Threats again. North Korea supposedly has a hydrogen bomb. What's going to happen in the world situation? You know what? Jesus is in control. We don't have to really worry about that. Concerned, yes, but Jesus is with us. Because he carried the ultimate cross for the sins of all of us and the sins of the world, paid the price, and when people turn to Jesus, they have forgiveness. So take up your cross. We can celebrate Labor Day and thank God for the labor that we have that he's given to us and be a witness on our labor. We can be a witness to the people that talk about Harvey. We can be a witness at school, in our communities, our neighborhoods. So do you want to be a Christian in this world? Do you want to pick up your cross and follow Jesus? You see, Jesus doesn't call us to a life of lazy boy recliners and Schwann's ice cream. That's okay, no point. But that's not where we spend our life. We're to get up and serve. Because you know what? You and I know the end of the story, don't we? What's the end of the story? We win. We have victory. Eternal life. That's what Jesus did for you and me at the cross. He paid the, the price for sins so that you and I will live with him in heaven when this life is over. So the gospel lesson says, the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of the Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Oh, you're going to be saved by your works, right? No, that's not what that means. But yes, he's going to look at what you did. He saved you. You're saved for heaven by his grace on the cross. He paid for all your sins. But what did you do in this life? You'll be rewarded for it. How well you carried the cross. What did you do in service to his kingdom? 
You see, the people in Texas and Louisiana and the states down there where Harvey's been affected realize that stuff doesn't last. Those pictures are interesting in the news when you see the people have gone back to their homes that were flooded. Out on the street, what do you see? All kinds of furniture and all their stuff is thrown out on the curb. Now the mayor has asked for millions of dollars so they can bring trucks in and haul all that away. And where are they going to haul it to? They don't even know where to do with that. All the stuff in the houses are being out and teared, the walls are being torn out. They're being gutted. Stuff doesn't last. But relationships do. And the people are celebrating that even in the midst of the tragedy. Because you see, people matter more than stuff. Life is more than possessions. And the next world is a better place. And it's interesting how well Christians are coming together to serve their and people. It doesn't matter the color of your skin or your persuasion or your political party. What matters is that people matter. And people are finding this out as they, as they work together. And marvelous things are happening. And our churches down there have got some witnesses that they're going to be sharing in the future. I've read about a few. But I know three, three different families that live in the Houston area that I read about their, their, what they post on, on Facebook. One of our, the DCE that used to be over at Trinity here in Hillsboro, he's down there as a parochial school teacher. And his wife came, was our, from our church in Hamilton. And they've made it through. They had water in the streets, but they didn't have water in their house. And two other families that I know, two pastors, they had water and they got trapped in their homes, but they didn't have to leave their homes and the water is receding. But they're out reaching to the neighbors and they're out telling the neighbors and helping them and praying with them and encouraging them, bringing Christ to them. And there's going to be a lot of future work from years ahead as we recover from Harvey. And it's going to affect you and me. Did you see the gas prices are going up because of shortage of gasoline, because they're not, they're not making gasoline. Your insurance for housing goes up because they've got to absorb all that cost. You're going to pay too. And also for us to contribute, to give to the people and to use our resources that we have because we want to share our love with the people that are suffering in Harvey. And also to remember that even for us, stuff doesn't last. All that stuff you got in your house, the car you drive, or the truck you drive, or whatever, it doesn't matter. It will all go away someday. But what matters is relationships. And especially the relationship with Jesus Christ, who went to the cross and died for us, paid for all our sins. Wow, that is so marvelous. So you can leave here today with the good news of Jesus Christ, that your sins are forgiven, that you have eternal life, the next world is a lot better place, no more floods, no more hurricanes, no more storms, no more sin. Wow. We got a lot to look forward to, don't we, as God's people. But in the meantime, you're invited to come up here to the table. And at the table, you get to eat and to drink the body broken and the blood shed for you on the cross.
given to us and becomes part of us. And we then take up our cross and follow Jesus. So when you leave here today, rejoice that you can take the cross of Jesus into your life and go out into the world and make a difference. You are God's people. And God has called you. He calls you to pick up the cross and follow him. And that is worth it. That is, well, what a blessing, people. Do it. Serve Jesus. So, what more can you say about it's on your bulletin cover? From the, from the gospel lesson, if you would come after me, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. We are privileged to follow Jesus. So come to the table and receive his body broken and his blood shed for you. For you may go out and make a difference in the world. In Jesus' name, amen.